So welcome back to Real Estate and More Show. Talk about being busy. Our next guest is a real estate investor, California College of the Arts trustee member, member of Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers Alliance and winemaker extraordinaire, Michael Muscardini of Muscardini Cellars. Welcome to the show, Michael. Michael, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. So many questions come to mind when I think about uh, about you. You you do so much. You know, you're involved with the California College of Arts. How did you get involved in that? Uh, graduated there in 1972, uh, so over 50 years ago, and have always loved the college. I think it's an icon uh, institution. They're moving to uh, San Francisco now, uh, leaving their Oakland campus. And I was asked to be a trustee and jumped at the opportunity and, and really been enjoying it. So it's great. I know they're lucky to have you for sure. And you also, at the same time, you're are you a, a board member of the Sonoma Valley Vendors and Growers Alliance too? Uh, I was a past board member and past president and that's another alliance that is fantastic in our valley, Sonoma Valley. It's about 120 vintners, 130 uh, growers, and we get together. In fact, our next mixer is September 22nd at our actual tasting room in Kenwood. So it's nice. We, you know, the idea is to promote uh, wines and grapes grown in Sonoma Valley. Unbelievable, and you certainly do. So how did you get into this passion for growing grapes and, and making fine wines, and especially the Italian varietals that you do? How did you? Okay, I'll try to do the short version, but uh, you know, I always wanted to build a house. Being a builder for so many years, uh, build a family house, and so had the opportunity to do that and that was in a purchase of property in 1997, uh, planted it in 1999, and then uh, uh, designed and built the house and moved in. And uh, when we were uh, planting it in 1999, I decided that, well, if we have property, it was eight and a half acres, we needed to have some grapes. And so hired a, a a vineyard manager to consult with us and he said what do you want to plant and the words that came out of my mouth automatically was Sangiovese so I uh, had the opportunity to plant that uh, it was a one acre vineyard and in Sonoma <clears throat> actually took courses at the UC Davis extension courses and I remember the course was how to how to plant a small vineyard, how to maintain a small vineyard, and then grape, uh, <clears throat> sorry, wine making. And the, the first class we took, which was how to plant a small vineyard, we sat around, this is a long time ago, 1999, we're sitting around a big theater, you know, this is before PowerPoint, and they were showing slides, and the first slide the professor showed us was a <clears throat> picture of... Um, it was a picture of Polynesia, so uh, blue waters, blue skies, puffy clouds, 
palm trees and sand. And we said, well, what's that have to do with planting a small vineyard? And he said, as soon as you plant a small vineyard, you're going to say goodbye to this. So and no more vacations. And so that's what got me started. And then we ended up just starting that first, brought two good friends in. And we uh, did uh, home winemaking for so many years. And then uh, in 2005, I decided to... 2004, I sold the construction company. 2005, jump into this with both feet and haven't looked back. And it's been this is our 18th harvest this year. It's been fantastic. It's been remarkable. I the first time that Nancy and I ever visited your tasting room, yes. it was with another winery. It was along this road. Yes. And yes, and I remember going there. And you had won several awards for Muscardini. San Giovese. San Giovese. Yes, yes, and it was just phenomenal. We had, we enjoyed it, and it was great. And then fast forward another couple of years, from then we went back with some friends to your tasting room, and we're looking around and say, this place doesn't look familiar. Gosh, I hope we didn't overdo it the first time, only to discover that you'd actually moved uh, your tasting room to Kenwood, which is really a nice facility. Just went and had it redone, did you not? Yes, it did. You know, going back a little bit, that first time that you and Nancy came, it was when I was sharing a small tasting room with Ty Caton who was a good friend and got me going on this whole idea of having a tasting room. We were together for five years. And so 10 years ago, we decided to, uh, you know, work separately. And I found the opportunity to get the Red Schoolhouse. And this is a schoolhouse that we're currently in uh, and have been there for 10 years. And it was a schoolhouse, a single room schoolhouse when Abe Lincoln was president. So... You know, over a hundred years ago, because that was like 1860, 1862. And we're currently there, been there for 10 years. And myself, Brian Wise, and I just purchased the building August uh, 4th. He intends to move one of his wineries in there, Amapola, and uh, which will be happening any day soon. And we've completely redone the building on the outside and our tasting room. So you got to come and check it all out. Oh, definitely. We It's been a little while since we've been there, but yes. just love worth, you know, making the drive up there and, and, and intending there. And your, your employees are always so sweet, too. Yeah, no. now, now, one question that comes to mind is you started out with a Sangiovese, yes. but now you do so many you do super Tuscans you do full-on Cabernets yes um, how did that idea that you're gonna do all of those varietals and where did you ever get the expertise to do it okay well you know so it starts uh, taking classes at UC Davis in winemaking and then having the opportunity to work with David Weed and Tim Korn two great winemakers uh, and unfortunately God bless them both of them passed away and uh, then having the opportunity to work uh, out of Deerfield Ranch, uh, and I get to work with Cecilia Vidivias and Robert Rex, uh, the owner of the ranch. And um, we ha- have an opportunity to do the best wine possible. So San Giovese has always been close to my heart. And right now, I think we have four different vineyards of San Giovese. We also make one of them into rosé. Uh, we also do a, uh, sorry, a Vermentino and a Pinot Grigio, and then we have a Barbera, and then, you know, to make our Super Tuscan, our flagship, 
which is called tesoro, means treasure in Italian and Spanish. We need a little Syrah, need a little Cabernet. So got into Syrah and Cabernet, and we also make those as standalones. Unbelievable. So the only additional to the Cab Syrah is uh, Zinfandel. And just yesterday, we were tasting our 2020 uh, 2020, let's see, Zinfandel from Monteroso, and we were getting um, g- great scores with that. So it's wonderful. I you, love making wine. Your, your winery is, I don't know if it's still a boutique winery. It seems like it's much bigger now, is it not? Uh, well, we're under we're under 10,000 cases. So, so you have to I, stay there. I know it's, it's boutique. But, you know, it's definitely artisan. It's a little different than the winery across the street, which is making 350,000 cases. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you have to really select through those to find out something right. like a hidden gems that you make. You know, interesting, um, one Christmas we had a group of people over and we had the Muscardini 2012 Coombsville. Oh, my God. And this was maybe four years ago and then we had a hundred acre and then we had um an older vintage of silver oak and we just had everybody test those blindly and guess what the 2012 muscardini was on top and we were so happy that it was because no one else had had really heard about it because your, your winery is not really huge and it doesn't market out like the one across the street does right. from you and uh it was just absolutely phenomenal and so that's, a, that's really an acknowledgement to you know stand up with 100 acre and silver oak both outstanding uh vineyards and winery uh it's great the coombs Row was a really nice concept and turned out really well well my my one of my best friends tulio and he's from tuscany and i consider him to be the guy that took me away from the two buck chucks of of (laughs) years and years ago and and you know try this try that and we had the opportunity with our wives to go to your new tasting uh room in kenwood and have one of those big tastings that you did yes and i have to tell you you know we went we had the fortuna we had the the um, the BYs we had all of the various uh, vintages we we had an opportunity to taste all of your Sangioveses at the time he says this guy knows what he's doing that's what <laughs> Tulio says this guy knows what he's that's doing it and I had him you know actually select which one he liked the most and I I can't remember the vintage but it, he really liked the BYs yes. also yeah so that was that was uh, you know a real big attestment you know I told you I got honorary Italian even hey, though it's good I'm, I'm mixed with a thousand who knows what yeah. it, it, it was just a phenomenal thing yeah so, I was very lucky to be able to get the BYs fruit because Brian mostly uses all the fruit themselves and so we were able to do some partnerships and it's fantastic Fantastic. Also, the Fortuna was a B Wise oh, yeah. uh, combination partnership. Uh-huh. The Thank Coom- you. The Coombsville was amazing. Yes. Still is. I think I have one bottle, oh. and um, my uh, friends are going to go out tonight. I think I'll grab that bottle and see what they think if it doesn't oh, knock their socks that's off. That's great. I'll, I'll look and see if we have anything more in the library for you. Before, before we get to all going in this wine thing and really get spun up about it. Let's talk about real estate investing just for a minute. You mentioned that you do um, investing in high end. Yes. Tell us about that. Please share. Well, uh, Brian came to me, Brian Wise came to me and said, hey, let's do something on the real estate end. And I really, you know, I'm 
I was a builder for 27 years before I sold my company in 2004. And, you know, once a builder, always a builder. I love doing that orchestration of, you know, large projects. So we jumped at the opportunity and we got a, it was a burn lot just about five minutes uh, west of my tasting room. And so it was uh, ground up. Hired the architect, Jeff Zimmerman, who's a good friend of mine, the interior designer, uh, Julie Hawkins, and created this incredible piece of real estate. Uh, The only thing that made it through the fire was the swimming pool. It was a really fun project, and that sold for about $6.5 million. Wonderful family built it, I mean, bought it. And then second to that, we took a little bit of a break, about uh, eight months, and then just finished another project on the east side of Sonoma. Uh, This is on the way to Buena Vista Winery called Old Winery Road. Once again, wonderful couple bought it and this was a renovation of three buildings i was actually just there and saw them yesterday they were asking about why are the faucets go left not right and so <laughs> i answered the question for them but you know it's it's great it's an opportunity to you know i i love it it's a uh, you know orchestrating you have all these people working for you you got to make decisions and what I like about it is when I was a general contractor for 27 years, there was always a client. So now I'm the client. So I can make quick decisions. We get these things done. Uh, just a high caliber, high craftsmanship, great attention to detail. And it's always nice to find the right couple or person to buy it so how are you finding the market in that uh, stratosphere of uh, price point uh hasn't been a problem hasn't been so there's people around that have a lot of money yeah there are uh, that is true and that are not affected by economy going up and down their interest rates because they're not Financing, yeah. You know, um, as an aside, a lot of the the new realtors, you know, they they don't have any business. You know, they they don't have any business. Our business comes from the people that we've had before. Sure. And so when the economy goes down, they don't have any business. Well, I imagine it's the same with with you and the people that you have as clients because they have the money. They've seen these cycles go up and down, and they just keep moving forward. And you build in the homes for them up there. Yeah, it's great. It's it's a wonderful wonderful place. Up there. Well, back to the winery for a yes. second. Tell me about Emilio Arquero. Uh, Ar- Ar- uh, Arquero. Yeah. And that is my grandfather on my mother's side. So Emilio was born in 1892. There's a great picture of him. Yeah, I think you can see it on the website, I think, but for sure at the tasting room. And it shows him in uh, his wine shop in San Francisco. So I grew up with my grandparents. Uh, uh, maternal grandparents on two at 259 Avella Street, which is only three blocks long off of Chestnut Street. Street. And this is, uh, I'm about, this is 1956 and on. So Chestnut Street was mostly blue-collar workers. You know, now all the women are wearing exercise clothes, and, and, and the only building, the only business that's still there is Luca Delicatessen, which my grandfather worked for when he first came over here. So he was born in 1892 in a little town called Cayano, which is outside of uh, Asti, so he's Pumatese from Piedmont. And he came over, helped dig the Calicut Tunnel, Wow. 
And then he went off and uh, created these um, corner, I'll call them corner grocery stores, but his advantage was that he sold liquor. And I've got this great picture of him in Very Happy Camper, 1935. My mother was 12 years old. She was born 1924. And he's he's tapping off of barrels. He's got about 16 barrels. <laughs> So he bought the wine, transported it to his shop uh, in San Francisco, and you'd go in there, Michael, and you'd say, hey, Emilio, give me a little bit of that Dago Red. So he'd tap a little uh, Cabernet, a little Zinfandel, maybe a little Sangiovese, Uh. and he'd fill your gallon jug that you brought in for nine cents a gallon. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So that was my, you know, I, of course, I wasn't born in 1935, but I do remember his shops when I was a young boy, When he, before he passed away. He passed away in 1957. Wow, we, we lost some of our important people in life, don't we? Yes, it's, we have. It's just, uh, we all have a shelf life. Yeah. And uh, we think <laughs> about that as we as we get to be a greater vintage. Yes, I don't right. want to say getting old. I want to say a better vintage. No, I like that. I like that better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. interesting. Um, I was thinking um, the price of your wines has always been reasonable. Yes, I think so. And you've kept them that way. Right. Uh, many of the other wineries, especially in Napa Valley, you go to them, and suddenly. You know, the wine that you would just drink every day is suddenly 70 bucks. Right. And, and the point about Muscardini wines is that you've kept the price to where people can still reach a little bit and get the good stuff. Right. And I have to applaud you for that. That is just so important to do, I think. From a marketing standpoint, it's incredibly important. Yes. I mean, it's, uh, it ends up being the cost of uh, grapes per ton. Uh, Brian Wise, you know, good friend and good uh, partner, has uh, buying, actually buying and selling grapes at $25,000 a ton. So this is some of the best Cabernet the world has ever seen. And so when you buy grapes at $25,000 a ton, the bottle is going to cost you $250, $750 a bottle. And so, you know, some of our wines approach the $100 mark, but, you know, uh, 50, 50, 40 is good for us. And we try to get that for our wine club, which we have a lot of members. Oh, absolutely. It's a great wine club run by a really nice lady. Oh, I can attest to her. Karen, uh, isn't Karen. she fantastic? Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's always responsive, always there. And she's about as sweet as you, you possibly could have. And that's nice to have. You know, what you have in the front is really important. Absolutely. When I was flying, you know, for the airline and, and things started to turn down and they laid off a lot of the, the real senior people and the junior people and they didn't have someone to meet the public, yes. then then the ticket sales are going to go down and, and it's not something that's really desirable. But with your operation, I can't be more complimentary is every time we've went in there, we've been treated like we're family Italians. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I'm very lucky to have right now a trifecta. It's Natalie Odom, who's our general manager, and Karen Hanna, who is the wine club manager. And then we have a tasting room manager, Nick, uh, who is fantastic and has been with us a long time. They are very dedicated. Yeah. One time I was just doing uh, things for my local database, and I we came in there, and, and Nick gave a little interview, and yes. he was really, really complimentary. And um, he just did a, a really nice job. So I have to pl- 
employees, wine prices, fabulous wines, Italian. It, it's of Italian descent, like our Italian composition, like you could never believe. Where did your family actually come from in Italy? Uh, so the Alcaraz, my mother's side, is uh, out of Cayano, which is outside of Asti, as I had mentioned. So Piedmontese from Piedmont. Piedmont. And then my father's side is outside of Lucca, so Tuscany, in a little town called Torello. Been there. And and this is a village. It's a hamlet. There is yeah. no there's no services there. There's no bank. There's no gas station. There's 159 people live in this hamlet. 85 are women over 40. Uh, you're, you don't see many children because they have to leave to get the down to Luca, the town, which is about 45 minutes away. Yeah, well, my best friend that I mentioned yes. uh, to you, Tulio, yeah. well, he came from uh, San um, Gimignano de Controni. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. Be- behind the yeah. Bonnet um, de Luca. Yeah. And we, you know, when we went there, two different vacations with them. Yes. It was just amazing. Little uh, medieval villages. They are. And, and the family would all, the familia would always get the food out, the Wines out everything that they actually grew right there in that village. Right. You know, uh, they they would have a person that took care of the livestock for the year, and that person would be responsible for you know slaughtering them at the end of the year, and then they make the prosciutto, and then they look for truffles and they, the mushrooms, and and all of this is just amazing, amazing. And I know so, that's definitely farm to table. I mean, it never it's never in the truck; it's just hand delivered. Yeah, and the cheeses, you yeah. know, and I mean. When we left there the last time, and it, it was really an emotional time for me, mm-hmm. we we yes. came back to his cousin's house, and they had this uh, spread of cheeses and salumi and everything all over, and the wines and such. It was it was really heartwarming to see that type of just kind of a treatment of hospitality. It's what we've gotten away from, I think, today. And if we reseek that that quality in life, we're going to have a better life itself, I do believe. No, I I couldn't agree with you more, Michael. I mean it's just a slower you know, mentality. The in Torello the street, there's only one street one road and it's at the top of the mountain and it's not wide enough for a car you can only use the APE, the APE 50 those little three-wheeler vehicles that's the only way you could get around there <laughs> and walk. so yes yeah, so, or walk so <laughs> yeah. life is just slower and you know they seem to be trimmer seem to be a little healthier nice so there's something to be said about that oh it's unbelievable now back to the winery business for just a moment i'm sorry i'm skipping around but you're feeling the questions like you've done this before (laughs) so so um grappa Mm -hmm. tell me about your grappa and how that's made right well if you go over to italy and you'll see most wineries will have uh olive oil They'll have white wine, red wine, and they'll also, some of them will have vermouth, which we also make, and all of them have grappa. And, you know, grappa is uh, uh, distilled from the pumice, which is left over from the wine making. So after we make wine, and, and it's now gone from grapes to wine, we have to press it, and what's left over is a tremendous amount of skins, some seeds, a little stems, and we take that pumice, reconstitute it, 
and put it in a still and that's where you get grappa from and so i love grappa i used to save to the through the what two three years of uh covid the reason why i never got covid was i'd have my grappa <laughs> at 10 a.m in the morning and then pour a little bit on my hands wipe my hands wipe my mouth and i think i was fairly sterilized Unbelievable. and the last time we were in italy which was about two months ago, I did. Uh, Kate got uh, COVID. I got COVID, uh, but we made it through it. But grappa is uh, fantastic, and I love. But you can't drink too much. No, you can't drink too much. <laughs> and you know this is interesting because you usually have it as a, as a at the end of a meal. So uh, at the end of the meal, you'll have one. You'll go, okay, good. I'll have another. And then you wake up and you go, oh, wow, maybe I had a little bit too much. But the Italians have something for that. So you go, you go, yeah, you go to the cafe and you go, I need a cafe correcto. And that's what it's called. And it's uh, two shots of espresso with grappa. Oh. And mixed together, and uh, and you know, you and I would call it hair of the dog. Yeah, and I probably call it uh, an ER visit. <laughs> <laughs> Muscardini Winery. The tasting room is in Kenwood. Look it up, and I'll give you a number at the end, and also their website number two to to help you to find it. But what a nice experience! Um, just to let them know that you heard about on this show so that they know that, uh, hey, we're doing something other than looking pretty here. If you were to choose words to describe um, your wines, all of your wines. It has to have two things for me to actually end up bottling. So fruit component, you don't say it t smells or tastes like grapes, but you know, blackberry, blueberry. So it has to have a fruit component. And I can't tell you, you know, how many times you go and you order wines and you swirl around and you smell the aroma and there's no fruit there. Uh, so anyway, that's one of my goals. The other one is it has to be food friendly. Uh, I think you see that a lot in Italy. They, uh, you know, when they're having their food, they're having dinner and lunch, they're always going to have a wine component in there. Well, we're out of time. Okay. I think we could go on for another hour. But thank you for, to our very busy guest, Michael Muscardini, real estate investor, California College of the Arts trustee member, member of Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers Alliance, and winemaker extraordinaire, an all-around great guy. You can contact Muscardini Sellers at 707-933-9305, or you can visit uh, muscardinisellers.com. You've been listening to the Real Estate and More show on KGO 810 AM, The Spread. I'm Michael Hatfield, your host. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 when we can once again have a chance to talk about the real estate market, topics of the day, and interesting people. Have a great week. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. Information on the show provided for illustrator purposes only and does not constitute professional or legal advice. Information from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Michael Hatfield and the Michael Hatfield Remax team have no liability for information discussed on the show. Consult with qualified professionals prior to taking action.
We at the Michael Hatfield Remax team enjoy representing our valued clients. If you or someone you know is interested in buying or selling and wishes to schedule a complimentary appointment with the Michael Hatfield Remax team, call us at 925-322-7775. That's 925-322-7775. Or go to our website, michaelhatfieldhomes.com. I'm Michael Hatfield. Thank you for listening today. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for the next Real Estate and More, when we again sharpen our focus on how's the market. Join us next Saturday morning at 9 and have a wonderful week. Best wishes and blessings to you. DRE 0149